Welcome to this week's episode of The Gathering Podcast. This podcast is all about experiencing the abundant life that Jesus promised. We're on the journey of 100 Days to Impact by exploring stories and testimonies from those who attended and who served at HSC and Impact 195. Today, our host, Peter Varberg, interviews Nick Yates. Nick has an amazing energy I think you'll enjoy and an even more amazing journey and testimony. Being a part of the one and only class to participate in Horizon School of Evangelism and Impact 185, you'll hear about Nick serving in many capacities from missionary to college pastor, as well as the high and lows that have come with his walk with Jesus. Ultimately, Nick offers some insight from the vantage point of someone who is now in marketplace ministry about how identity and purpose transcend the ministerial or pastoral titles we sometimes wear as we partner with God and his kingdom. He also offers some advice to those who might be thinking about whether or not they should join a program like Impact. This is a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. I'm Aaron Sullivan, and we go to Peter and Nick now. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Peter Varberg. Hold on, man. You got to come with some more energy than that, Peter. <laughs> oh, Nick. We're probably just going to cut to this part anyway. But anyways, no, you're good. I'm, I'm joined today with Nick Yates, and I'm really excited about this podcast because Nick specifically has had a big impact on my life and my story, and he's a big reason why I initially went to the Impact Discipleship School back in 2016 when I went there. So excited to have you here, Nick. Man, it's a blessing to be here, man. It's great to see you in 2016, man. I can't believe that was five years ago. That's wild. Yeah, we started working together in 2013, 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Yeah, it was fall 2014. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) But I'd love if someone just met you, how'd you introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Nick Yates. I'm a realtor here in San Diego. My wife is Estrianda. And we have three beautiful kids. We have Braven, Elijah, who is two, who's four years old. And we have Titan Azariah, who is two years old. And we have a brand new baby girl who was born on November 4th, 2021. So we are in the thick of it, um, adjusting to life with three young kids. Yes. So. I hear everything changes with the third. <laughs> yeah, especially with a girl. You got two boys, you're getting the rhythm down, and now it's a girl. It's completely different. So uh, enjoying, but adjusting for sure. And to give context, we are recording this on the 9th. So it is four, you said five, five days five, ago. Five, five days old. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I remember texting you like, hey, are we still on? But if you uh, meet Nick, you'll see him doing a hundred things all the time. And as long as I've known him, you've always been able to juggle. But I'd love to hear, obviously, we're going through these testimonies until, as we launch Impact in January here mm-hmm. at the church. And you've had lots of roles in Impact. You've been leadership in Impact. You've spent a lot of time around that environment. I'd love to hear, to kick it off, just like a bit of your story before that. Yeah, I was at uh, Horizon, Horizon School of Evangelism. Evangelism and cool. then uh, was the group that came over and we finished up our time at Impact Awesome. Because, yeah, we had already talked with Cisco in one of the previous podcasts, so we've talked a bit about that difference. But, yeah, I guess Horizon School of Evangelism, HSC. Yep. What was your story pre-HSC? Yeah, so got saved in high school, freshman year in high school. And then as soon as I graduated high school, got plugged into Young Life. And I was a mm. high school leader with Young Life, which is an outreach ministry all around the world. They're in over 100 countries. So it's really for high school students and even junior high students 
where our target audience is to target those kids that would never step foot inside, never step foot inside of a church and to build relationships with them and to really earn the right to be heard. And so I became a high school football coach after my, I finished playing at Mesa College and I played football at Mesa College and then got into Young Life and was a Young Life leader, built relationships with high school students through coaching football and would have guys over to my house Thursday nights before the game and would have uh, would barbecue some steaks, would have some food for them. And then we just talk about Jesus and talk about the Bible and talk about uh, life. You know, some of them didn't have father figures. Some of them uh, would stay the night at my house. Some of them I would drive home and drop them off to a house where that was, you know, where their parents were out working that mm-hmm. night. So um, really became an influence into a lot of young men's lives and loved it, loved coaching, but also loved just the ministry aspect of uh, teaching these young guys about the Bible and just having their ear to speak life into them. After Young Life, I became a youth pastor at Calvary Chapel here in Mira Mesa, mm. did that for a short period of time. I made some poor decisions. I was a single guy and made some poor moral decisions and I had to step down from ministry, mm. which was a good eye-opener of really where I was at in my walk with the Lord. And really, you know, you can do ministry, but uh, you got to leave a life that matches what yeah. you're preaching. So that was a great ex- uh, learning experience for me to really face myself and my uh, struggles, you know? That's really when I decided, man, I, I, I what am I going to do? And I, I didn't want to walk away from the Lord because I knew God loved me. I knew God forgave me. And that church had so much grace, but, you know, was looking for what the next steps were for me, right? Now that I wasn't doing Young Life and now that I wasn't a youth pastor, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And I had such a thirst and such a hunger to really know God and really know, really, how do I maximize my life here on earth? And that's what ultimately brought me to Horizon School of Evangelism, which ended up, you know, moving over to becoming Impact 195 through the Rock Church. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like Nick, you basically got saved and immediately just plugged in, served in ministry. Then you got to that place with your sort of moral failure. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of like, Hey, I want to learn more. I want to grow more. And Horizon School Evangelism kind of fit that. We find a lot of times with Impact or Horizon, that kind of year long program or nine month program usually finds people in a transitionary stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like you'd never really had any sort of like formal training. No, not at all. Yeah. I was just in ministry serving. And, and the crazy thing is I was at the rock church at the time mm. and I had known people that went through horizon and they were, they're a little weird, right? They're like, <laughs> man, this culture is a little different. And they're like, oh man, babe, baptism, evangelism, we gotta go do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little over the top for me. And I'm like, crazy. And then actually Clister Smith and just Jason Queen, I was in a Bible study with them and they were teaching the word. I'm like, man, these dudes are like legit. Like, where did they learn? And this was after kind of gone through my season yeah. as a youth pastor. I was like, man, these dudes know the word. Like, where did they, how do they preach mm. with such confidence and how do they teach with with such uh, just determination for people to understand God's word. And I was like, man, I love it. I'm like, where'd you guys get that from? And both of them were like, oh man, Horizon School of Evangelism. I was like, no way. The same weirdos over there? Or yeah, yeah. You guys went there too? Okay, maybe maybe I can do this. Maybe this is something that's for me, you know? So opened up my eyes and my heart to that and went. And, uh, you know, I remember George first message there, I was like, oh man, this resonates really deep. George's heart for people and for just being on mission no matter where we're at. Yeah, I love that, Nick. I know my personal testimony with Impact was similar in the sense that like, I actually had a roommate one summer that was a, was an atheist, and he knew more about the Bible than I did. And it opened my eyes to like, wow, I've lived my whole life yeah. <laughs> as a Christian. I know hardly anything. Kid, yeah. And that's when it sparked that hunger. I just want to know and understand. 
And right. similar, like when you heard them talk, you're like, wow, how did they know that? Yeah. And even for me, it was interesting because it wasn't a Christian guy. He had been <laughs> Christian before, right. but it was like, man, this guy knows his stuff. I was like, I just feel ill-equipped. Being a youth pastor for the short time that I was, because those kids were homeschooled, private school Christian kids that yeah. knew a ton about the Bible. And they're asking me stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I don't have all the answers. You know, Let me find out some of the information. So I think that being exposed to their curiosity and their wisdom that they had at such a young age and being seven, eight years older, being like, man, I don't know some of the things that they know. Like, I need to know this stuff, you know, mm. really uh, sparked my hunger and thirst to know more and to really grow and know God's word and know the Bible inside and out. And that's really, you know, how God used it impact. how that there God redeemed that sort of negative downfall in your life and to mm-hmm. kind of bring you back and bring you closer to him yeah ultimately yeah so transitioning now that you're in horizon school evangelism go into that what was your experience there what were some of the big takeaways that you had the ways that God really met you in that I don't know if that that moral downfall was something that he brought back up and worked through there, or if there was a different theme, but what were some of the key themes for you of how God sort of worked on your heart in that season? I'd always, you know, been put in positions of leadership. And this is the first time where I wasn't in a position of leadership. I was just Mm. there to learn and grow. And it was a really a humbling time because there was, you had some, some people that were really impactful in ministry that are there. And you're just like, man, these people are awesome. And so you don't have to really do a lot until we had the opportunity to either go to Coachella Valley or to go to Israel. And I was like, I'm not going to Coachella Valley for missions. <laughs> I want to go to Israel. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I remember walking into the office and I told Dina Wessel, who was in charge of the finance. And I said, Dina, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to raise this $3,000 in the next couple of weeks. So please, I'm going to Israel, even though I have no money right now, but it's going to happen, you know? Mm. And I was actually here in this church where God really opened up my eyes. Crazy that I was here. I didn't realize it. Yeah. And, and I had given a letter to, first off, I had, there was a pastor before I back up because it's really God's provision financially yeah. of how am I going to come up with this $3,000. And there was a pastor who said, hey, come over to my house, do some work. It wasn't at this church, but he said, hey, come over, do some work in my house. I had a beautiful house. I weed whacked for five hours. His huge <laughs> acre did all this work. I'm like, oh my gosh, cool. He's going to write me a big check. I'm going to go to Israel. He's going to help fund that. And uh, he wrote a check for 50 bucks. Wow. And I was like, you pay your gardener more than you just paid me. That's like $10 an hour is what you just paid me. Like, cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. I earned it. You know what I mean? And I was just like, okay, it is what it is. Maybe I'm not going to Israel, right? So I had a support letter that I was giving to people like, hey, uh, if you want to support what, what the work we're doing in Israel, would love to uh, partner with you. And uh, there was this girl right here at this church who I was like, oh man, she's awesome. I've heard a lot of great things about her. Beautiful girl, but I was really intimidated. I'm like, I don't even know her. And I'm going to give her a letter asking to support Israel. And I'm like, oh, no way. I'm not doing that. And then, uh, you know, I felt God, you know, God, you know, when God, you feel like God's talking to you, right? You're like, oh, man, like if she walks this way, I'm, you know, out of the church, I'm going to, I'm going to give her the envelope and just say, hey, you know, here's what, here's what's going on in my life. And 
uh, she, she, she turned around and walked out the other way. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to talk to her. Right? <laughs> uh, and then 10 minutes later, she came back in and talked to the person right next to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Oh. Gave her the letter said, hey, you know, I'm going to Israel. I loved your support. I'm not sure, you know, if you can support me. I had no idea what she did for work. Had no idea if she even had resources or where she was at. Just heard a lot of good things about her. And uh, she sent me a text that Tuesday, our first deposit was due and I had no money. And I'm like, I guess I'm not going. And she sent me a text that morning saying, Hey, I want to, I want to give to your trip. Israel's always been on my heart. I really want to support what's going on in Israel, what you guys are doing. And I'd really love to support you. Went over to her house, picked up a check for 500 bucks wow. and couldn't believe it. it was like, Oh my gosh, this girl that doesn't even know me, but she wants to be a part of what the Lord's doing in my life. And that went a long way for me in just trusting God and his provision. And sure enough, after that $500, $2,500 more came in wow. and that was able to go to Israel. And that Israel trip really changed my life. And it was the beginning of transforming my life into just understanding and knowing him more. Yeah. And the fun backstory for those that don't know, Nick's parents, Noah and Nancy Yates, were big members of um, Grace Chapel before we merged with the gathering so this church <laughs> you're coming here on a sunday with yeah. your parents right yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy yeah we were at a, we were at a different church before that and i brought my parents to that right around the time i was going to israel and then that church changed out leadership and then obviously became came over here to grace chapel which is pretty wild so that's wild yeah so that was really god showing you provision and then mm -hmm. on that trip what was like you said that was the start of a lot of things yeah i think for me the opportunity to serve and people are like, oh my gosh you're like a rock star man like you're doing stuff and i'm like yeah because you didn't really have as much opportunity to really serve because they're pouring so much into you at you know school of ministry and then at horizon and so you know, you're gonna impact is they're just constantly pouring into you and there's opportunities to serve but when you're in the mission field, it's a whole different level, right? Yeah. And so I've always known that about myself, right? I'm here to serve, here to help. But really, the Bible came alive being like, wow, like I'm reading about Jesus ascending into heaven right here on the Mount of Olives, and wow. he's going to come back and descend and come and walk across the Kidron Valley through the um, through the gates, you know what I mean? And so, so for that to just come alive, you know, be like, wow, this is where he fed the 5,000. Wow, this is the area where he walked on water. Wow, this is where he rose from the dead. This is where he carried the cross, all these different things. This is the tree. This is the Garden of Gethsemane, where the tree is where he was betrayed. And I could see the guys coming down the hill. All those things where the we're reading about it as we are sitting there. It was such a phenomenal experience that really just made the Bible come alive and just sparked that hunger to know God's word even more. Now that I had a visual with it. Wow. Yeah. So it was like seeing that in your friends before Horizon School Evangelism and seeing, wow, how do you know the Bible? Sort of initiated that and then going out there, seeing it, experiencing what you're reading, just a whole nother level of that growth, that relationship, and that desire to know more. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's what's great about being a part of a school like Horizon School Evangelism. It really gives you almost like information overload yeah, on yeah. <laughs> all those things. Yeah. And like you said, I know when I was done with, with my season at impact, I had a year's worth of stuff that I could just teach from. Totally. I went straight into ministry. I was like, I've got so much content. Oh yeah. It's I've amazing. Been, been learning so much being poured into, like you said. Yeah. I think that, impact that, impact was like at impact One Ninety Five. It was something like you get 42 years of sermons, yeah. you know, within a, a nine month period. It was crazy. <laughs> you really do. You're like, Oh my gosh. I feel like I know the Bible front to back. Yeah. And how it all works together. 
That's awesome. So God taught you about provision. He made his word come alive for you and sparked that new interest. Mm -hmm. Any other big things that he really worked on you in that season? Healing from the things that I've been through and just going from days of not wanting to wake up, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've made mistakes or you've done things you shouldn't have done. And to the point of like, God's not done with me. There's still lots of opportunity. That's what God's about is reconciliation Mm. and picking you up, dusting you off and getting you back in the game. And that's really what it was for me. That's awesome. So when you finished that first season at Horizon School Evangelism, you said your last term was actually in the transition to impact. Yeah, they only had two terms. So we did one term and then at the end of it, we went to Israel and then we had transitioned and we came over to impact uh, 195. We were called special forces was our, was our (laughs) class because they had a special class for the 19, 18 or 20 of us that came over from Horizon. And then there was a new program that started day and night program that had, gosh, maybe over a hundred people that were in the day and night total. And then we were our own class separately. And they went through three terms and we just went through one more term and then we were done. They invited all of us, I think, to come on staff and serve. Afterwards? Yep. Yep. So when I was done with Impact, we we actually went to, we actually went to Haiti for our mm. short term trip there at the end of our term there. And uh, that's another experience that got changed my life. Did <laughs> Set me on a different trajectory than I anticipated. And uh, after the earthquake there, yeah, then we came on, I came on the, the team and joined, uh, joined up and was part of the teaching and mentoring. Yeah. If you've been listening through the whole process of these interviews, you'll notice there's a core aspects that are transformative from the learning, right? Learning yeah. all this stuff to the trips, like the wilderness trips and those things like that, to the mm-hmm. community yep. and the people that you're surrounded with, to the missions where you're actually going out and serve. And I think all those different pieces really make a big difference in the overall transformation. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So for you, I'd love to, to dive into life since then, right? Okay. So you obviously went through Horizon School Evangelism, finished up at Impact 195, and then you're on that team. I'd love to hear a bit more of that journey of how you're on the team and then how that transitioned out to what was next for you. Yeah. But what were some of the things that God was working through you in that time or some of the things that you noticed? Yeah. I think just the hunger to know God more and to take the things that I was learning it and mm. put it into application. So I remember taking a whole notebook full of notes and just being like, man, like, when can I put this into application? Should I start my own ministry? Should I, should I apply to be a pastor or youth pastor somewhere? What should, how am I going to use this? Because you can't just consume it and then just sit on it. And so the whole time I'm going through it, I'm like taking notes as if I'm going to be teaching it to somebody. So I'm not taking notes as just yeah. as he says it, but I'm taking it up how I would say it and how I would implement it. And I think the need for me was like, okay, God, like, how am I going to implement this? Because I know this isn't just for me. It's for me to be a conduit, to pass it on. I think that's so important. I think that's sometimes the hardest thing for people that don't have that opportunity to serve or they don't have a, I don't say a platform, but they don't have a space or people in their lives to share that information with. And I think that any person that's leading a group, right? Or if you're not leading a group, say you want to lead a group or invite people to it or find two or three people that you can share what you're learning. If you decide to go through impact, find some people that you can pass this stuff on to because it's one, it's not only going to benefit them, it's also going to help you process and really make it real for you as you share it with others. Yeah, I love that. So people that are thinking about it, or people that are going to the school, mm-hmm. be intentional about finding some outlet yeah. that you can pour out. Exactly. That's awesome. Yep. So for you, it became this hunger to learn 
into this hunger of, I need to use this now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And it showed itself first just serving on the team. Yeah. But then how did that kind of evolve into other ministry? Yeah. No, it's a great question. I was a part of a team called the out of the box experience team. And Mm. once a week we would do an out of the box activity with the whole school where we would do an activity with them. And then we would talk about how that relates to the Bible. We'd have a story that relates to that with their activity. So it was really hands-on, mm. practical, which I loved because it was a little bit of like Young Life, because Young Life, yeah. we did stuff yeah. like that where you want to make it real and tangible for people. So whether it's dropping a Mentos in some Coke and it's spraying everywhere and talking about how, you know, when you get the Holy Spirit, it just wants to get going, right? So different activities. So I started off doing that and then was uh, mentoring as well. It was as you start to get a feel for things and you're like, okay, cool. I, I understand like how this is working. I'm getting into a rhythm, getting into a flow. Mr. Scott Wessel is like, hey, I want you to teach the book of Mark next mm. semester. Or I want you to teach this. And you're like, oh my God, you want me to teach? Like, you want to teach like a whole class? Okay. Okay. So like it got to the point where the next time as I'm, you know, teaching more classes, it became, hey, I want you to be the daytime director for the school. Wow. I was like... Wait, what? Every time I felt like I was starting to get comfortable, my person who was discipling me, Scott Wessel, he just gave me a little bit more every single time to the point where you feel overwhelmed because it's something new, um, but it's something that's overwhelming because you got to depend on God to do it, right? And it's something new and it's something that you haven't done. So through those experiences, I got to the point where I was leading mission trips now and I was the director of the day program, overseeing a team. And it got to the point where I'm telling everybody about missions, telling everybody you need to go out and preach the gospel to all 195 countries. And I'm going on mission trips for two weeks at a time. And, you know, after the third, fourth, maybe even fifth trip, it's just like, I'm telling these people to go out. What am I doing? I should be going out. I need to go out and experience this before I start telling people, keep continue telling people that they need to go out, right? Into the unknown, you know? And so I want to start something in Kenya. I don't know why I've never been to Kenya. <laughs> that just sounded good, right? And went and had met with George one time in his office. And he's like, hey, I get that you want to go to Kenya. There's a group going to Haiti here in a couple months. You've been to Haiti three times already. Probably makes sense for you to, to do that first and then maybe go to Kenya. And so joined up with that team and moved to Haiti for six months. I love that. Cisco had such a similar story where there was three of them all going to these different locations. And he wanted to go to India but someone else was going to Oaxaca and George was like, Spanish, Cisco, why don't you go to Oaxaca? And the other guy was like married to an Indian or something. He's like, why don't you go to India? Like, why don't we just mix this up? So I love that where it's like, I don't even know why I want to go to Kenya. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to go and to Kenya. And then you start to feel like, oh, well, that's what the Lord is telling me. It's just sometimes our own intuition of what we want. Yep. What was that that journey like? What was the length of time that you planned to be there? What was mm-hmm. the goal of that? What was the... Yeah. The experience. Yeah. So the first time we went out, I think it was a group of 12 of us. We went to Jeremy Haiti and we went in 2011, the fall of 2011. So a year and a half after the earthquake, been a bunch of times already. So got to know a lot of the people there and we were there for six months. It was really like a, I don't want to say a scouting trip because we did a bunch of scouting trips, but it was yeah. really, a, we need to establish something here. So what's that going to look like? So we went there and built relationships and we, we built water, we built wells. We did a ton of Bible studies. I think we had eight or nine Bible studies going at one time. 
a week while we were there, just building relationships with people. We started some businesses with the locals and helped them start businesses, really. And we did children's ministry. We did uh, sports ministry. We did a ton of ministry. So it was really just building relationships, laying the groundwork. And then we came home that next summer. We regrouped. And that's when I actually connected with, reconnected with somebody that had gone through the school who was also a part of the out of the box experience team and was a teacher now at the school and who was running the homeless ministry at the rock. She'd been there for about uh, seven, eight years running the homeless ministry and uh, started dating her. Yeah. So uh, we started uh, dating and uh, her name's Estrianda. And as we started dating, the opportunity to go back to Haiti and actually lead a team with Dara, with Dara Coy. Some of you guys know mm. Jameson and Dara had a chance to lead a team with her and so I felt like my choice was, okay, am I going to date this girl and stay here or am I going to go back to Haiti? Because I really determined to stay in Haiti long term. So that's kind of my first half of the Haiti experience. Yeah. And then once we, I decided, you know what, she actually, once I told Estriana I was going to Haiti, she kept dating me. So I was like, okay, cool. I don't know how this is going to work. And then she actually came with us for the first two weeks we were out in Haiti. She came out to visit, check it out. And that's when I decided, man, like this girl's different. Like mm. I want to marry this girl. And you just started planning, like, how am I going to marry this girl? And then started trying to convince her that she needed to move to Haiti. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't having that. She's like, I'm not moving to Haiti. Like I'm not ever doing that. I'll come visit, but I'm never. So then I had to start thinking, okay, long-term, what am I going to be doing? But we had gone the second time to start a discipleship school. And I was actually looking at my journal just a couple of days ago, wow. actually the, the day our baby was born. I was looking at my journal and looking back at, we were in Haiti, had no curriculum, no students, no plan of how we were going to do this. And those first couple of weeks I was praying and as a team, we were praying, trying to figure out how we were going to do this. And we ended up having a, a vision cast where we invited uh, 60 or 100 Haitians that we had built relationships with over our first month back. And then we, we had, a th- I don't even remember how many we had, but I think we had 20 something students that signed up for the five or six month program that we did. And then we started discipleship school down there and did wow. that for the next five or six months. So yeah, and you that were- was amazing. We ran it. We ran an impact you know, school down there. It was incredible. We did uh missions. We did also did uh retreats down there. It was really impactful. That's awesome. That's so funny how that whole story of like, I told her I was going to Haiti and she didn't stop dating me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like, it's either her or Haiti. And you know, I got, I got both. So you got both. And then eventually you came back. Yep. So I was there for set. We were there for seven months the second time. And for Christmas, we got gotten there that September. I went back for Christmas, actually proposed to her, and then we got married the following October. We did the discipleship school from October to April, and then I got married that following wow. October. Yep. So you were able to complete the work that you went out there to do. Exactly. Yep. It was just such a surreal time. Just Haiti's wild, man. It's definitely you've been right, yeah. and it's just there's it's just so different, and it's, it's such a different even third world country. You just want to change it so bad, but it's something that only God can do. And and so you just do your part uh, and then you pass the baton to the next people. And that was really what our focus was. I love that. Do that. The whole process from save, just fully dove into ministry, <laughs> and then God working in your heart, 
taking a step back, getting equipped, and then going out and using that and actually starting that school yourself. And uh, then you're married, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everything changes. Yeah. What, uh, where was your mind at that time? Were you like, God, I don't know what the plan is now. Like I was over here, I was doing this. Yeah. Now I've got to start over. Like where, what were you thinking at that point? <laughs> yeah. My wife was a little surprised when she, you know, she's got this, you know, man of God who's on fire for the Lord, who's serving God, doing ministry out in the mission field. And I come home and I'm just like, feel purposeless. I'm shutting down lanes, doing traffic control, getting up at 630 in the morning, shutting wow. down lanes for AT&T and just, man, what am I doing? I just went from having such an impactful season to now, what am I doing? There's no purpose. And uh, it's knowing that everything has a season, right? Mm. There's a season for everything. And that really laid a foundation for me because I've gone through, I've gone through both of those seasons again, yeah. you know, even recently. But a few months later, I got the opportunity to become the college pastor at the Rock Church that fall. And it was great to have the opportunity to pour into people again. Yeah. And I laugh, I, you know, some of these things I'm learning for the first time, but that whole like out of the box group, yeah. I was like, man, that reminds me of so many things you did in college ministry because <laughs> all the illustrations you do be like the most random, <laughs> oh, grab these sheets of paper and da, 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 da. Yeah. And it was like this whole big illustration to show something spiritual and it works for yeah. the college kids, right? Yeah. It works Nick, for adults too. I was like, <laughs> Nick's full of these like random games. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea that you're part of the specific group with Impact that did those games or or those out-of-the-box activities. That's hilarious. So, yeah, that brings to college ministry, getting closer to where we're at now. Right. And I know you had, like you said, I went through that season again. (laughs) I know you had college ministry and another season of serving. Mm-hmm. followed by a season of like the traffic control. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And now in real estate, I know you're thriving in what we might call like a marketplace environment where you have a job, but you're living as a Christian. I know Janet on one of our recent podcasts, Janet Baker, she shared how someone said, you're not a nurse who's a Christian. You're a Christian nurse. It's part of your identity and, and who Absolutely. you are. Yep. You see yourself as a Christian realtor and you can impact people in that journey but i'd love to hear like of how like it all ended (laughs) totally yeah i think i think in a big church like that and even just that's one of the things i love about george even just his vision is god-sized right and god wants us to rely on him and have god-sized dreams and so I know we were looking, we did microsites, right? Remember you helping me with my truck and trying to, trying to have a a pop-up church service on campus on a Sunday evening when nobody's on campus (laughs) and trying to have all this pizza that nobody's eating. And uh, we're sitting out there in the cold on a November night and to try to have fruitless ministry. What are we doing? Why are we here? Like I'm glad my wife showed up and I'm glad I brought my friend deal and got people grabbing pizza and walking away. It, It goes back to, even remember when I talked about the provision of me yeah. going to Israel and it was like, I was really dependent on this pastor for that money. Yeah. The weed whacking and he yeah. didn't pay you anything. He, did, he paid me 50 bucks and this girl just out of nowhere, 500 bucks. And God wanted me to know that it came from him. And it's not about what you expect all the time. And I think for us in that season, it was similar, right? Like we, we expected so much from, from doing these, these microsites, microsites yeah. and it ended up 
okay, this isn't working, but here's what can work and redirecting us and knowing that some stuff did come out of that. And we did build some relationships that were impactful and that were life-changing for some people. But yeah, going into this vision of touching every college student in San Diego on every campus was a, a big undertaking, but I felt like we did the best we could with the resources that we had and the limited knowledge and wisdom that I had. And it was fruitful. I feel like yeah. it was such a fruitful season. I look at you and I look at Angie and I look at Tony and I look at Samantha, I look at Danielle and I look at Erica, I look at all these people that have been impacted through the college ministry, Samuel. There's it's just, it's incredible to see you guys and what you guys are doing because you guys are the people that I poured my life into yeah. and you guys poured your life and we had that ripple effect into other people. And so that's really how discipleship happens is you pour your life into a few and those few pour into a few and those pour, few pour into a few and uh, yeah. it's still happening. So it's cool to see. And I'd love to, uh, to kind of finish up here a bit of now that you're in a non quote unquote Christian job or yeah. <laughs> ministry yeah. job. I know I struggled with that in a season of my life. Of, right. Oh, this job is a Christian job or <laughs> this is for God. And this isn't, it's like a lot of people would look at that and be like, Oh, what are you doing now? Are you involved in any ministry, Nick? Yeah. Like how have you seen God use all of that knowledge, the way he's equipped you, taught you in discipleship? How does that show up in your life now as a real estate agent? Yeah, great question, man. And I think that that took me a while. It took me a while to see, okay, I go from, you know, being a pastor to, okay, now I'm shepherding people through one of the biggest trans financial transactions of their life and all the emotional roller coasters of purchasing a property or selling a home. There's lots of problems in. that happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you're you're going to feel happy, sad, excited, mad, angry. And I tell people that in the beginning, look, you're going to go through this emotional roller coaster. Here's all the feelings you're going to feel. But just know I'm going to be here every step of the way with a plan to guide you through it. And yeah, that's great. That's cool. I get to meet a lot of great couples, of great families, great single people as well, helping them buy or sell a house. But ultimately, we have a team of 45 agents on our team. And one of the coolest things that I get to do every single Monday for about 12, 13 minutes is I do a quick word of encouragement. Mm. And then we pray. We ask, how's God working in your life? There's a, anywhere from two of us to 10 to 12 of us. And we hop on a call. We talk about what God's doing in our life. We get to talk about what, and we share some scripture, and we talk about how it relates to business, how it relates to our personal life, how it relates to our family, and how it relates to us as being on mission as Christians, because our occupation is being a warrior for Jesus. That's really our ultimate job. And so I think for us, just keeping that mindset of, man, like we're warriors first, Mm. And our occupation is something that's second. Wow. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who is in that sort of season of life or that transition, sort of a professional standpoint, what would you say that you've learned? Cause you said it took you a while to get there. Mm -hmm. Any guidance you'd give for someone that's stuck in the middle of that, of how do I find purpose as a Christian in my job? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things we did even in college ministry. It's trying to come up with topic theme, topical themes for our series that we would do. Mm. It's like the number one theme that we always came up with was like, how do I live as a Christian in this world? Like, how do I live in this crazy world? And I think for us, it really comes down to, do you have a hunger to know God more? And if you have that hunger to know God more, you need to come to impact because there you have a story that's been weaving and windy possibly. But what impact has done for me is it's really through all these experiences, I've discovered what I was made to do. 
right? Through whether it was young life, whether it was missions, whether it was being a pastor or whether it was being a realtor, I've really discovered what I was made to do and being a realtor or having a job as a pastor or whatever. My, what I've really been designed to do, I've really been designed to disciple people. And if I'm not discipling people, I'm not thriving in life and I'm not happy in life. And so I need to surround myself with people that I can pour into and that I can disciple. And so you're going to figure that out as you go through impact. You're going to realize, oh man, I went through this and I'm good at this, or I don't like this. And you're going to start to look back and retrospect on your life uh, and then see where you're at now and see what you're good at. And then you're going to be able to realize how impactful you can be as you step into that role. I think we look through the lenses of like realtor, pastor, college ministry, missionary, but you, God showed you, Hey, you're a discipler. Mm -hmm. You can be in any of these roles. I might even take you out of real estate, put you somewhere else and you can still like thrive within the calling and the gifting God's given you regardless of what it is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, And I look at people who are trying to figure it out and I'm like, man, I can see by your life and the way that you've lived, I can tell that you're meant to shepherd people. Or that you're really an evangelist. You're, you have no fear of talking to people. You're this, you're that. And it's people can really understand how to thrive in their everyday life, no matter their occupation, no matter how old they are. Like I think about my parents and I'm like, man, I can tell what they are. Like I can tell how God designed them as I look back in their life and as I look back in their walk with the Lord now. You know. Mm. Any final takeaways that you'd leave with our, our listeners or, or final thoughts before we wrap up, Nick? I just want to encourage people that are out there that are, are want more from the Lord, come meet them, come sit mm-hmm. with them, come pause and be with them for however period. I don't even know how long impact's going to be. Nine months. Okay. Come be here for nine months. Think about what you did over the last nine months. How productive was it? How close to Jesus did you really get? And how well do you really know yourself? And so this is going to help you not only know Jesus more, it's going to help you know yourself more and how to thrive in life and really maximize your life. Be as impactful as possible here on earth. Man, Nick, thanks so much. Appreciate you having me here. Man, it's a blessing, man. Thanks so much, Peter. Talk soon. Bye, brother.